following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Bank! Bank, bang, what is up you guys? Welcome to episode 104, our two-year anniversary uh, of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is Tank. Uh, and of course, like I, I mentioned, uh, our two-year anniversary. This is, of course, the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. We bring you brand new episodes every Monday for free right here on this very feed. Um, you can follow us on social media at PWTCast on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find our socials there as well. But yeah, Dave, uh, two years that we've been doing this now. Uh, how time flies. Yeah, it's, it's so weird because it feels like it kind of feels like we've been doing this forever and also not that long. Like it's kind of like when you, like when you have a kid, like my daughter Peyton is like 14 and one time flew. Like I feel like she was a baby yesterday. And then I also feel like she's always been around. So it's, it's weird to say two years. It's, I mean, half of it was like, we were trying to get to episode 100 so fast and so hard. And then we're like, Oh yeah, it's also, just about two years it's been strange but it's been fun yeah like yeah very much in the same way you mentioned having a kid like it almost feels that way with this which also by the way i know we did say we were going to try and do some video stuff for this so swamp didn't even i didn't even get the chance to do it i've literally i've been up since like it's sunday i've been up since like eight it's just been a lot going on so no video component to this yet but th- that will be a thing soon i, I promise yeah, but it yeah like it's funny because it's you and i we used to record just randomly wherever we could yeah. find in the store and it was one of those things where um like it, I, I almost felt like it was kind of just like okay yeah these guys are doing this little podcast thing and that'll you know that'll take up some time but then they'll kind of eventually drop it but like occasionally like I'll be talking to people and they'll be like, oh yeah, you and Dave are like at like what episode now? And I'll be like, oh, like 104. And it's just like, what? Like, that's so crazy. And yeah. I think in part it's just, yeah, like, you know, it's just been just doing it a, a very, very early on a, a piece of um, help. Like I, I reached out to John and way of post wrestling for like help. And one of the things that John said was like, just stay consistent. That's like the hardest part of doing it. And I think we both know plenty of podcasts where, um, like, people just just stop one week, and then that one week leads to two yeah. weeks, and then two weeks leads to a month, and then you know before you know it, every few months they're hey we're back we're back, and mo- a lot of people you know people have lives, not everyone, um, not that we don't because we we definitely do have uh, you know our own lives outside of this, but um, I mean hey. I don't mean to pat myself on, or I don't mean to toot my own, our own horns, but toot toot, you know, we've been able to do this now, like consistently for two years. Um, two episodes, I believe the Ethan Page episode and the Ryan episode came out a little bit later than the rest of them, but like for the most part, they've all come out weekly every Monday and like, it's, it's been awesome. Yeah. It's- yeah, well, yeah. And, and the other part is it, those came out late, not because we were like, ah, we don't feel like doing it. It was like, technical issues or schedule you know ryan ended up having like oral surgery so like we we were ready to do it but yeah i mean that's part of it that there were times where the weeks were so packed and it would have been easy to just say let's just tell them 
you know, we'll do one next week. But like, we really, one of the things that Colt Cabana told us early on was like, do it on schedule every time. You know what he, he always tells people do it for two years and put one out every week. If you're doing it every week or every other week, if you're, if that's your schedule and don't like falter in that. And like, we, we really took that to heart. I think a, another thing as well was like, kind of been talking with Cabana um there's been like some guests that we've kind of waited to reach out to because we've heard the stories of people who uh just start up a podcast and ask like like cabana you know he like for instance with him you know like funny enough we asked him and he was like what took so long but it was one of those things where like i'd heard him talk about like on other podcasts and even in the episode we did with him he talks about it where people will be on like episode three of their show and and not like a big name, you know, like if it's a, if it's a bigger name within the industry, I'm sure he would gladly be episode, you know, one of the, the early digit ones, but there'd be people who have just started a podcast who are like, Hey, can we yeah. get a Cole Cabana? And he's just like, I'm not, like, doesn't want to, I don't want to say waste his time, but just like invest that time, you know? Um, cause especially with like him, he's a very busy man. And with us, yeah, like it was one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, like now we have a year of this underneath our belt. Now we can, you know, uh, go after some bigger names because that way if they go to our, our, our social media or our, you know, our podcast page, they can see that like, oh, wow, they, they do actually have some big names and it is it is a thing they do consistently. And yeah, like, I, I mean, I think the most proud thing that comes from this is just like all the friends we've made. You know, yes. like literally right now, like as we are speaking, uh, I got like a notification on um, Twitter and it was uh, one of our buddies, um, Josh, who who's, you know, at yes. the gym. Yeah. At the gym. Rocking. Our, I just tweeted him out. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. You know, Josh rocking one of our PWT cash shirts. And there's pl- there's so many people like that. Like the other day, uh, a Friday at work, I walked in and cousin Jeremy was wearing his PWT cast watchman shirt. And uh, Mark was wearing his patron of the show shirt. And like I've gone out before with like Vivian and she's wearing like a PWT cash shirt or something. It's like little things like that where I'm just like, fuck, yeah. You know, these yeah. these people wake up and they're like, what do I want to wear across my chest? And they're like, oh, I know, like the, the wonderful artwork of one David's thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice to see people supporting. Um, yeah, like, like it, it always seems and like the person I see the most is like Effie. Mm-hmm. They'll just be at like random places wearing like our PWT casts for everyone shirt. And it, it just warms my heart. And it's just it's good. It is the cool. We've made so many friends, and it's not just the wrestlers. It's it's the fans. It's the people we see in the shop all the time. Um, and like I know, like the pandemic kind of sucked because like we stopped being able to see people in person. But um, yeah, it's two years. Wow, we've we've made a lot of uh, headway and a lot of friends. It's been cool. What's been your favorite part? Like, is there something like specifically that sticks out for you? That's like. You know, like when you're telling people about the podcast, and you're like, "Oh, you should check out this." It's you know, yeah. I mean, like personally, my favorite part is, and this and this was kind of by design for the show. Is just like we all, we always see like pro wrestlers and even like indie wrestlers. Like maybe a mainstream audience doesn't know them, but if you're a wrestling fan, you know you'll see someone that's been working hard, making waves on the indie circuit, and they're kind of like, like mini gods or like mini rock stars. And then, you know, 
when you get them on the show and they're like, oh, man, I love Yu-Gi-Oh so much. And you're like, Whoa, holy shit, you're such a you're a nerd just like us. And it's just it's amazing to see that um, some of the connective tissue that makes us fans of them might be, you know, we we recognize some of our nerdier proclivities with these people um, and just seeing them as people. And then also bar none, one of my favorite things was going to all the freelance shows when we could. Mm-hmm. It was we made so many friends just specifically from those shows that we would sit there and go out and get some chili dogs with people waiting out in the cold. Um, and it would just be like a ragtag motley crew of people that knew what PWT cast was. And we were just kind of, it was felt like this underground thing. It just felt so good. And, and a lot of these guys are, you know, they're probably gonna be lifeline friends of us personally and the show. Totally cool. Like, and this, this would have been something had I not had you not come to me and said, Hey, let's do a show. And I said yes to your idea. Like I might not have done these things. Like I'm a homebody. So, you know, this kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone and I'm so glad for it. Like I have, I have so many people that uh, I admire and, you know, getting random tweets <laughs> on Twitter with someone wearing the shirts and saying, Hey, what's up steak. And you know, you get a lot of that. It's, it's been really fun making friends. I think one of my favorite things is also that's also come from this is um, the people that we work with that we've had on the show and people getting yes. to know them, you know, that like uh, that people know who like a cousin Jeremy is or who, you know, stupid Michael is and just things like that, because specifically um, the Jericho Cruise episode, that is one that I always recommend to people. Yeah. And I, I forewarn them. I'm like, listen, it is long. It is a big boy. I'm like, but it's funny. Like, it's specifically the one part where where we're trying to record something with Matt Nix, and Michael keeps coming in when I'm trying to do the intro. You know, it's like one of those things where, you know, it's just like, oh, hurry the fuck up. He's like, yeah, I have to. I don't. I have to get my iPad. And we're just sitting there. We're like, all right. Uh, you know, bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Well, and then Michael comes in again. And it's just like, Michael, what the fuck? And then by like the third time, I'm just like, God damn it, Michael. He's like, what? I have to get my suntan lotion. I don't want to burn. You know, and it's just like one of those things where it's like you see those like genuine interactions between like us and like our, our friends, you know, because yeah. it, it, it is, it's almost like uh, what I imagine like the X-Men, you know, how it's just like they're all different, but it's, they're it's- all yeah like you know like all the students were stuck at like Xavier not stuck they attend Xavier school as you know it's like it's one of those things where like we're all different but like we all we're all connected via you know this this little t-shirt company of ours and yeah I mean again like I I know how fucking how funny and nerdy and interesting some like a Paul Jameson or Mark Villanueva is and I love that we have the platform to where we can be like hey here you go listen to these people tell their stories you know because yeah we're gonna do it anyway whether or not there's a microphone in front of us and then like you mentioned the friendships that you know like i i i text brody king every now and then and that's just like a crazy thing to me where i'm like that's great you know like it's crazy and it's fun and yeah i'm i'm happy for the 104 episodes we've done so far and like the 104 episodes we have to come you know yeah, when we get Batista on. Exactly. Uh, Big Dave, uh, episode <laughs> yeah. 200. But Dave, this week has been, this week was a fucking busy week. Like, uh, again, we normally, yeah. like, uh, 
I'll have a like a list of notes, and and you'll have like a list of you know notes as well and stuff we want to talk about. And it was one of those things where we're just like, boy, this week was uh, it, it's it's action packed, action packed. Yeah. Literally, we're recording Sunday, and it's just like whew, so much stuff has happened. Um, I was I was out of action uh, earlier in the week. Uh, we, we at work we were ta- we were like you know what? We we're like let's go to batting cages and it was like one of those things where like it's summer and we're like let's do some fucking fun summer activities and so it was Monday night right, right after we finished crates where it was me Paul Andrew Michael Johnny Frank and Ryan we went to the batting cages and this was my, this was my first time at any sort of batting cages like uh. I know it's hard to believe looking at such a physical specimen like myself, but, uh, you know, not, not that much like of a sports guy and specifically like baseball or softball and anything like that. So we go to the cages and at first, admittedly, I was a little bit rusty. Like I, I had not played, you know, baseball or softball probably since I was in like seventh grade. And so, you know, we go, we show up. And at first, it's just it's getting the use. You're getting hang, getting the hang of you know what it is that you're doing. And once I got into it, I was fucking going at it. Like I was, I was uh, Joaquin Phoenix at the end of Science. You know, I was swinging away like a madman. And I was okay. I wasn't the best, but I I, I did pretty decently. And like, what stopped me was uh, there's one you know because they go at like a, a slower speed. There was one that went fast, and I was like, no, nah, I can fucking do this. And so the balls are coming, and I'm swinging away as hard as I can. I'm knocking out all these balls. The only thing is, is like you feel it, you know, like it is reverberating off that bat, and you feel it. So afterwards, I was just like, "Oh no, I can't make a fist with my hands." Um, I've, well, that was like Monday. It wasn't until Friday that I could finally that like my body wasn't sore, and that like I could sneeze without it hurting. Um, I know there was a, another day where you and a couple other guys went to the batting cages where you also, uh, sore and, uh, realized how out of shape you are. Cause that was definitely me all week long. So I'll tell you, I, I realized you were hurting. I, we were eating lunch on Tuesday. No, it, no, it had to be like, it was Tuesday. Yeah. Cause you were yeah, it was Tuesday. I was saying something really stupid and then you were laughing and then you're like, Oh my God. Don't make me laugh. I was like, I thought like you cracked your rib or something. I was like, are you okay? And you're like, oh, I was swinging bad so hard like the day before. <laughs> and then I was like, then I went to Michael. And I was like, you guys were fucking swinging bats and you didn't invite me? And he's like, you live in Elgin, dude. And this, you know, like this batting cage place was in Skokie. And then so I made like a big deal about it. I was like, yeah, invite me next time. So I went, yeah, it was Wednesday. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm talking all this trash. Now me, I wasn't at. I'm not currently an athlete. Like, if if you think Birdo's not an athlete, you definitely look at me now, and I'm not an athlete. But like back in the day, I played softball, baseball, volleyball, football, basketball. Like, I was into sports. Um, of course, I was a lot more slender. But like, I hadn't swung a bat since that time when I was a skinnier, more athletic kid. So like, uh, you know. Peyton, my daughter, was doing softball, and so I'm around it a lot. But like, I, I finally grabbed my wife's softball bat, and I'm trying to swing it, and I realized I don't know how to swing a bat with like a fat body anymore. Like my elbow is like hitting my gut, so I can't cut properly. And now I'm like, I talked all this mess, Michael, 
and I'm going to show up and all these guys already have like a practice or two under their belts and I'm going to look like an idiot. So I was, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm never normally scared, but I was a little scared and I, I went in there and I think I did well. I think I probably did uh, like 90 pitches and I, I think I probably hit about 75% of them pretty well. So I was very pleased. And I, I will say, um, I was worried about being as sore as you. I wasn't. My only problem was the bottoms of my hands. I was getting like a weird rug burn from the grip on the bat. So like I didn't wear any gloves or anything. So I think next time if we do it, I'll wear gloves. But I mean, it was fun. And it was also fun because like, you know, you named a bunch of names, but there was also people that don't typically hang out with like, I don't want to say, you know, in quotes, the crew, but like, there's a lot of guys in the back, a lot of guys in the warehouse that, you know, they're also very hardworking, but they're not like, we want to say like, they're like the personalities of the shop, but there's a lot of people swinging for the fences and doing really well. It was just kind of fun seeing like a mix of the people from the shop out there. I will say Skokie, it took me longer to get to Skokie than it does to get to Chicago. It took me like an hour and a half to get there. And somehow I beat Michael there when we went because he is an idiot. But, I mean, even when, uh, to be fair though, even when we all collectively at the same time, Frank, myself, and Michael left from here at the shop. Yeah, Michael got was the last one there, but he was like the, and he, I guess was like right behind Frank, but he missed an exit or something. He was probably on his yeah. phone, which tends yeah. to be the case. Um, yeah, no, th- there is something to that though. Like you mentioned, like again, everyone here for the most part is cool with each other um yeah and yeah like typically when everyone goes out and stuff like i again i've been kind of like i've been going out a lot more with like uh johnny and like his crew uh which yeah. johnny we gotta get on the podcast i don't know why we haven't yet oh you know he's the best he oh, cracks me up I, I love johnny um but yeah he he's someone who like i've been going out with like him and his friends some more and like his friends are cool as fuck they've all just like taken me in you know like as like one of their own. I I mentioned the like two thousands themed party like last week and stuff like that. Um and there's definitely some people, yeah, where like we go out and they never really want to come along, but like yeah, they've been they've started to come along and stuff and yeah, it, it's cool. You know, there is that like uh it to me it almost kind of feels like when we're on the Jericho cruise and it's like, oh, we're all out together doing stuff that we don't normally yeah. do. Um yeah which again always fun it's always fun to that and yeah i mean i know mark uh juan and raul they wound up going one random i think like on wednesday they all got out early and went to dicks to buy like uh like a softball and like bat and and gloves and stuff and just practicing on their own and yeah it's awesome i mean the closest thing was when we uh as as a shop started playing kickball um yes i think i I arrived like right after that and like I kept because I saw pictures of it like when uh, like Ryan's like, oh, when we find like, oh, yeah, I'll work there. I was looking through like the the old Facebook page and like I saw like you guys all did like kickball stuff. I was like, oh, dude, this looks so awesome. But by the time I got there, we had just gotten like too big for that sort of thing. I was like, oh, I was really looking forward to doing kickball. (laughs) I mean, even then, like it wasn't like literally the first game Ryan like Jam- or like breaks his finger or like jams it really bad um and it just it wasn't as fun as we all thought like 
<laughs> no, nobody was really that good. Like we never played kickball. It, it's a, it's one thing if it's like, oh, we're all so used to playing kickball anyway. Let's all go. No, nobody was used to playing it, and we just yeah. nobody was that good. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll. Uh, old no, summer's over. So other say maybe we'll join a softball league. But I mean, we're we're getting so big, we could probably do two kickball teams. Yeah, you could probably. Yeah, you could for sure. We could do, do a draft. Yeah. Um, I just know I want to be on whatever team uh, Nick is on because Nick tends to be like one of the more athletic people, you know. Nick, yeah, Max, and, and Andrew, <sighs> yeah, Andrew, yeah. I I was not like, listen, I like Andrew, but I was not expecting the batting output that this guy he was putting on a clinic, like he was launching base like softballs. I was like, gee, I didn't know you had this in you. He's probably the best batter we got. Oh, 100 percent, Andrew. Again, another guy who works at the shop. Uh, he, I know he listens, so let's see how close he listens. Andrew, if you're listening to this, come up to me and say that yes, you will be on Scrumpin's Things Family video for Back to the Future too. Um, yes. Hopefully, he hears. Also, we should interview him on the show regularly. He's he's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, he's been. Oh, dude, I yeah. Well, Andrew, yeah, we're also going to have you on the show regularly, yeah. so that we can tell the story of. Uh, it was after takeover. Um, Florida. It was where it, the whatever the one where Andrade debuted. Um, what do you call it? Uh, that after that one, we both like we were both there independently. Like I, I bought these t- seats literally last minute. And, right. Well, you know, I'm not even gonna tell the story. There's this fun story where we get lost in downtown Florida. That, that's all I'm gonna say. So Andrew, yeah, Andrew, Johnny, we'll have you guys on. Maybe Juan too. You know, he's been here for a while now. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, uh, I was also pleasantly i was happy that they finally announced um clerks three like i'm someone who like i again i've talked at nauseum how much i love i have a kevin smith shrine literally right behind where i'm recording right now whenever me and dave record in the studio i'm sure you just look behind me and you see this tribute yeah this (laughs) this giant kevin smith tribute uh and i've got the other man's face tattooed on my leg clerks two probably my favorite of his movies um Again, just the first one I was introduced, and I think it's like his best film, you know, his best movie. Like one could argue, Dogma is also like really well and stuff. Or, yeah. um, like I love Tusk, but like Clerks too. To me, it's just like I love it. And at, at times, like especially now, now that I'm like in my like late twenties, you know, there's times where it's like, oh, I can, you know, sometimes, sometimes I feel like Randall, sometimes I feel like Dante, and it's like I, I get it. I, I, I get where these two characters are, are coming from. Um, and I, so, again, be it that I'm such a fan of his, I'm part of the Kevin Smith Club, which is essentially his Patreon. Right. And for a few months now, he's been teasing Clerks 3. He's not legally been allowed to say he's Without doing Without saying it, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's been talking. Like, at one point, um, there was – he – talked pretty openly where he you know it, it seemed because of something to do with the weinsteins that he was possibly not going to get to do the project and he was like talking about you know probably having to get a lawyer or something but i mean monday they announced no it, it's happening um so i'm i'm pretty excited about that i don't i don't know if i've ever asked you how you feel about clerks and clerks too but um like is it clerks three something you're looking forward to or are you kind of just like Meh. So I, you know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. I think I've only seen Clerks two, 
Um, but it, it, it was when it was in theaters. That's the one where Rosario Dawson's in that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Like when it comes to like Kevin Smith stuff, I think probably my favorite movie is Dogma. Um, and Dogma followed by Tusk. But like I've never really been like the biggest Clerks fan. I mean, I did like Clerks too, but um, – Maybe if I had watched the first one, I would be more into it. But I don't even think I've seen the first one, if I'm being honest. Well, future episode of Scrum and Sing Stanley Video. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's funny because I guess this one, yeah, this one's sort of like, uh, it, it's a completely different version than from the, because there was a few years back he wanted to do Clerks 3, and this was pre-Heart Attack. And it was just, I guess, a much more darker, grim story. In as, right. uh, which is as dark and grim as Kevin Smith films can get. But, like, the same thing with Mallrats, too. And then, you know, he has a heart attack, and I guess he just he changes both those to be, like, a little bit more uplifting because I guess at that point he was like, I'm done. I'll be done with film after this. It was more of, like, a, a final note for all these characters that we got to know. But I, he's at a point in his life now where, like, the dude's not going to stop. Like the guy's, you know, he's just, he's on 10. He is just going and, you know, putting out as much as he can and good, good for him, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I personally, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Um, because again, it's the return of, uh, you know, two people in the form of, uh, Randall and Dante that, uh, a whole generation of fans are, you know, they've grown up with them and are excited to see them come back. Yeah. Very much in the same way that there are another two characters that people got uh, grew up with over the past few years who are possibly coming back. And what a transition. <laughs> and people are super excited to see. I'm, of course, talking about, and it, it, a disclaimer for anyone listening, Dave and I know nothing about Daniel Bryan and or CM Punk. We've both well, off the air tried talk to each other and try to get whatever dirt either one would know none of us know anything i am there's a hundred percent full transparency but even if we did which we couldn't say. yeah i on on my nephew's lives i we i don't know anything and even if we did we could not say anything so and there have been so many people who are just like what's going on what's going on and then i'm just like i one i don't know two if i did i would not like i can't tell you guys um right but of course, the the you know the news came out that allegedly Punk and um, Daniel Brian Danielson uh, are all elite, but they're all elite bound. It makes sense. Like, uh, I mean, those rumors come up every time AEW's in Chicago. You know, yeah. As far as for Punk, um, but for once, he seems to be fanning the flames a little bit. You know, like. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we got serious by the Alan Parsons Project playing on uh, CM Punk's Twitter. Uh, Living Color started following AEW, so did CM Punk. Um, now, I will say, he's done this before, where he's kind of trolled people. So, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it, again, it, it is just, it, it's one of those things where, like, but also, there's also been things like people have been said Brock Lesnar. You know, I will say this: if CM Punk and Brian Danielson showed up at AEW, 
I mean, we've talked about this off air where we're, we're like, how weird is it that, I mean, AEW has almost, by existing, has almost destroyed NXT. In that the Wednesday Night War happened, they pushed them out of the time slot and off the day. NXT moves to Tuesday, and then all of a sudden, no one's talking about NXT. In fact, some of the most popular acts from NXT are now getting shit on on the regular on Raw. They are purposely getting buried. Yeah, and some people are saying it's because Vince McMahon is saying, I don't give a shit about NXT. And I got to imagine part of it is because of what AEW did to them. On the side, we've been saying that's that's crazy. NXT is different than Raw and SmackDown. But I think you you know you've been famously saying it. Mark mark your words. AEW Dynamite is going to beat Raw, even though they're on different days. And I think <laughs> if something like this happened, for fucking sure, Dynamite will crush Raw. I mean, I can't imagine any other scenario. It's funny because for years now, people have been saying like. I, th- I believe it was Marty DeRosa who was talking about it over on Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling that, like, there's that famous promo where Triple H was, like, uh, essentially was, like, if you don't like Raw, don't watch it. Right. And I think at that point, their ratings were, like, 3 million. And it, it's pretty much been the thing where it's, like, something will light a fire underneath Vince McMahon's ass. And, you know, once the ratings go under 3 million, that's when fucking you know everything on deck all hands on deck everything's gonna be awesome right then that happens and nothing changes and they're like all right well when the ratings go down under two million then that's when fucking things will you know that's when things will happen and then it doesn't happen and then it's like all right well when they're in the low like millions that's when and nothing it just it doesn't change you know it doesn't ever change because like he just doesn't care. He's already got that all those big contracts, all that money. He doesn't care. I mean, I'm sure if like TV network execs are like, "Hey, you got to fucking do something. Like this show sucks," then maybe they'll do. You know, maybe they'll change things up and and do something. But like, I would I would have to imagine if AEW beats Raw in the ratings, that is when maybe something will happen, or just Vince won't care. I mean, like, it it's definitely a message being sent to NXT because the whole women roster has essentially been raided. There's already like rumors of Raquel Gonzalez, who's our current champion. Now they're like, she's going to be fucking called up soon. And like Karrion Cross, their NXT champion, a monster who's been undefeated for undefeated. Like, yeah. For almost two years who like Adam Cole put over Keith Lee put over Finn Balor put over Kyle O'Reilly put over Pete Dunn put over Tommaso Ciampa put over Johnny Gargano put over gets beat in under two minutes by Jeff Hardy cheating. And I hate the like, well, if Jeff Hardy would have lost and everyone would have been saying like, they're bearing Jeff Hardy. It's like Jeff Hardy can afford no. a loss. This yeah. Is, Jeff Hardy doesn't need it. Yeah. This is a guy who was on main event losing to one of Jinder Mahal's henchmen. Like yeah. they're again, they're punishing Jeff Hardy because of Matt Hardy, you know, very much in the same way. Zelina Vega is getting punished because her husband's in AEW. Like, this yeah. this is a thing that they actively do, and yeah, like you know, the women's NXT roster is getting raided. There, there's just it's they just don't care, you know, and yeah, it sucks, you know. But for for me, the thought is, you know, like to like follow your thought was like, you know, everyone's saying maybe if they beat Raw, something will happen. 
that's that's something we saw during the first Monday Night Raw, the Monday Night Wars, is that WCW was pushing the envelope. They were really putting WWF at the time to task for 83 weeks, famously, and Vince McMahon was really he was fighting to tread water. Like before, then the company hadn't gone public, um, and there was a real sense that. Eric Bischoff could have put them out of business. I mean, you know, through the lens of history and now that, you know, WWE is the mighty conqueror, some of that's minimized to some aspect, but at the time it was a very real thing and they had to fundamentally change the way that they do business. I mean, you know, they, they wholesale copy DCW stone cold became a thing. The attitude era, you know, blew up and they were a little more profane and adults oriented, but, WWF back then is a very different animal than what WWE is now. And I hate to say it, they're they're almost too big to fail. They they've got their fingers in so many different pots that are that are infinitely profitable. That which is I think why we're seeing such a downturn in the quality of the show is they don't have to have quality, they just have to have licensing. And because the brand is so big, they'll always have the licensing. Um but I think the big thing we're seeing is the performers. There's a lot of performers saying, I don't want to put up with, I don't want to sit in catering. I don't want to just sit and collect the check and be secure, but also wither away. I mean, how many times have we seen WWE just take all the joy of wrestling out of stuff? CM Punk, for example, the guy lived and breathed wrestling, wrestling and they just ground it out of the guy, you know, which is why it's kind of exciting to have maybe the idea of him thinking about coming back. Like the fact that AEW is doing something like that and reigniting like wrestling passion for a lot of people, it's, you know, what an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. I'll say this. You talk about like WWE, like beating the happiness out of people. Um, ECW original Matt Cardona, like is the talk of the town right now. And we'll get to that. Why? But like, this is, he's someone who, did what WWE said, get over on your own, got over in every possible way. Like there's a, um, it's like at MSG where like the rock is in the ring and they're not chanting for the rock. They're chanting. We want like, uh, we want Ryder. We want Zack Ryder something like that about wanting Zack Ryder, which is insane. And what yeah. do they do? They punish him. They punish him for getting over. They, like, they put him in a cuck angle with John Cena. They have him like get kicked in the dick and then lose at WrestleMania. They have him get thrown off of a ramp in a wheelchair by Kane. Like they did everything they could to bury him. They would give this guy, you know, fucking. He is someone who turned, uh, you know, chicken shit into chicken salad, like constantly, yeah. and was punished for it. And then eventually let go for it. And you like, you know, there's so many guys like that where it's like. Like yeah, I don't blame a CM Punk or Daniel Bryan for not wanting to yeah. for go back to WWE. It's like good fuck them, you know. And you you have someone like Matt Cardona who one has a million dollar look, tan and fuck, fit, a great wrestler, and up until he left, a company man. Like like you said, how many fucking roadblocks did they put up for this guy to not succeed? And then he he has something like his his intercontinental championship moment. And then a day later they take it for, you know, it's just like things like this. And he just happily towed the line. And he's like, he was doing other stuff to help supplement their online stuff. And, you know, they tried to do it to Daniel Bryan yeah. or Brian Danielson. You know what I mean? Like he was getting popular. And then what Seamus beats him in like eight seconds at WrestleMania, they make him look like a, and like 
no matter what they did, like thank you know, thank God for his indomitable will because he literally willed himself past all the bullshit. And I'm sure if you asked him, like, and again, we don't know if he's going to AEW or New Japan or whatever, but like. If you ask him, he'll probably be graceful. He'll probably be thankful. Like he's got the love of his life because he was in WWE and he's got two children. Great. But his first love was wrestling and they, they actively tried to take that away from him for two years. After his most popular run, he would get second, third, fourth opinions from doctors and they're like, they're, he's fine. And for some reason for him, they were just like, nah, we don't need you to wrestle. And you could tell it was eating away at his soul. I mean – you know, when you're a wrestler, firstly, you want money. Or no, firstly, you like wrestling. But like when you become a professional, you want the money. But once you have the money and the passion's not there, what's the point, right? Why are you doing it? Like there, there's part of you that remembers, why did I get into this when I was a high schooler? And like I was pretending to do moves or wrestling on the trampoline or doing my backyard indie fed you know, WWE tends to try and like scrape that off of your bones. And so, you know, to me, that's some of the most unforgivable stuff about WWE. They can do the dumbest angles. They can have Kane or they can have Triple H fucking Katie Vick or Vince McMahon versus God, or they can drop fucking diarrhea from the, from the rafters onto people and make poopy jokes. But like the, the killing of the spirit of some of these great professional wrestlers is really the biggest travesty. I mean, this is the same Vince McMahon who is handed on a silver platter guys like Andrade, Ricochet, and Aleister Black and says, who's that Jackson Riker guy over there? You know, so it's just, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, whatever. And then, like, you look at, and like, again, AEW is sub- it's both subjectively and objectively the best wrestling show out there. I'm sorry, like, it, this isn't, it's to me it's not up for debate anything else is just like well you it's just i refuse to listen because like smackdown i don't listen i'm someone who finds roman reigns boring like i just don't get it everyone's like you know frothing at the mouth and you know vigorously doing the jerk off motion at roman reigns and this new character like it's i don't know it's just not good not funny not that like and everyone's like well kenny omega well there's other things on the show besides kenny omega that like you know I really well, care about. Yeah, to me, that's the real beauty of AEW. Now, we we had something that saw two worlds combine on AEW, but like what I'll say is this: AEW has literally something for everyone. You know what I mean? It's not some like homogenous, bland show. Like you have lucha libre stuff, you have you know strong style stuff, you have tag team like women's wrestling, international wrestlers, like you have people from other companies coming in and out. Like, you know, you like the Hollywood stuff. They got it. You like the, the real hard wrestling stuff. You got it. You like high flyers. They got something for everyone. And the funny thing is there's people in and around this business that hate that. You know, there's one guy in particular, well, they'll call it an outlaw mud wrestling show. And that anyone that likes that comedy stuff, can't be a pure wrestling fan, but those two worlds collided on, on uh fighter fest when we saw sting and orange Cassidy have like probably one of the best all time interactions in wrestling. Oh yeah. Just it was... the fact that sting is doing orange Cassidy's shtick 
and the crowd is eating it up. It, this is not a thing where like the crowd's like, get this off. But they loved it. And for someone like Jim Cornette to see Sting, who Ric Flair has gone on record and said, this is one of the best opponents I've ever faced in my life. The guy who's considered one of the greatest wrestlers ever said Sting is one of the greatest wrestlers ever. For him to get what Orange Cassidy is doing and then participate, it had to blow Jim Cornette's mind. Yeah, and it's it was just it's like if that's not your thing, then cool, just don't pay attention. Like, right. I I I talked about it with you like earlier, where um and kind of like just veering off subject real quick, but it's like the new Masters of the Universe show. Like, there are so many fucking like weirdos online who like don't like the show and they have to tell you they have like there are people there are people like posting hey i really enjoyed this show and you go to the comments and they have to let you know why they didn't like it and why it's just why you're wrong why yeah exactly like you're wrong and it's just like who cares like and jim Cornette, fuck jim Cornette. he saw kenny omega wrestle a girl like 10 years ago and has never let it go and it's like guess what him wrestling that little girl is more enjoyable than like most of the fuck, yeah, like most shit out there. So it's just like, you how know, about this? Look up Jim Cornette wrestling a fake Ninja Turtle because he did that exactly. Yeah, you know, and it's just like I don't know. Again, to me, AEW just so much more of an enjoyable show. Like you mentioned, like I, I watched this week, and first of all, Nick fucking Gage coming out and uh, crazy. Also, fuck you if like. I'm sorry, I'm getting so aggressive on this show, but, like, fuck you if you're, like, well, he was in jail before. Yeah, guess what? Like, Jimmy Snuka killed the fucking person. Uh, Like, Hulk Hogan, a fucking rampant racist, by his own accord. Like, it's not even, like, well, he said the N-word. No, he says, like, I'm He he admits to it, yeah. Um, I've been in jail. Yeah, you've been in jail. What the fuck? Like... And it's just, yeah. it, it's just like there's so many Ultimate Warrior, the biggest piece of shit that fucking like saying all these terrible homophobic things and just like again, and now he's honored. Yeah, they have the Warrior Award. Like, eat my ass. That's such a, like such a bullshit cop out. And listen, it's and it's one of those things too where people get mad because they don't understand why he's so big, you know. And it's just like, then it's not for you. It's not for you. Yeah, you know, like in the Dark Side of the Ring episode, Mox says like Vince McMahon would kill for someone, kill for someone who has that sort of emotional connection with the crowd. Yeah, and yeah, like it's it's so crazy. You know, like it's it was so awesome to see him come out. And I mean, listen, while we're on the subject of like how over he is and how over Nick Gage is, GCW this weekend, I mentioned Matt Cardona. King of the death match. King of the death match. Yeah, he's a new GCW like uh heavyweight champion. And listen, this guy came in wearing a white t-shirt, walked out of there with a pink t-shirt because he was bleeding yeah. so much. I've not seen the he took forks. He took a pizza cutter. Like like what what a time to be a wrestling fan. This is ridiculous. We're like living we went through the darkest timeline. And somehow we emerged in the greatest timeline. <laughs> exactly. And I, you know, and again, to the testament of how much people love Nick Gage, he loses and people are fucking throwing all their garbage in, <laughs> into the ring, you know, like pelting Zach, uh, Matt Cardona, and he is loving it. And you have, like, I'm someone who normally agrees with Meltzer. And again, I'm also someone who, like, if you don't agree with him, well, 
you don't like it's not like his word is gospel like he tweeted out something where it was like this is a black eye on the business and it's like fuck off like yeah like fuck off like it's not it is not that serious um but again like you have some someone like that where it's like you're gonna tell me anyone in the wwe can elicit the uh, john cena notwithstanding anyone else in wwe can elicit that same reaction like no no because if they could then you know they wouldn't it wouldn't be such a shit show you know doing the same rematches over and over um but i I mean and we sort of went well i'll also tell you too you know we talked about wwe sucking the love out of this guy like he's diversified his portfolio so much that he probably doesn't have to wrestle again right he's got his fingers in the toy business you know he does a lot of stuff with our micro brawler stuff um podcast he's got his own pod network if this guy didn't have any passion for wrestling, he'd still be set for and and he seems like a smart guy. Toy purchases notwithstanding, but he seems like a financially smart guy that's got his stuff set. The fact that, that someone like him, and like I said, this guy's got like a million dollar body, a good look, great personality, and then he's like, I'm gonna go into a death match with Nick Gage and come out looking like minced hamburger, and I've never seen him look happier. <laughs> Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the fact that he went through the meat grinder with Nick Gage and that made him happier than most of his time with WWE is very telling. Yeah. And, and kind of just circling back to, you know, original the the Punk and Brian stuff, like, it'll be so awesome and refreshing to see them, like, mix in with, because, like, especially with Punk, Punk's been gone for seven years. Seven years yeah. in wrestling might as well be 100. You know, like, there's so many people that he can go in there and mix it up with, you know, like, I know specifically he had mentioned, like, um, like Sammy Guevara, Brian Pillman, and Will Hobbs as people he had his like eyes on, and it's like, yeah, man, like there's the good the thing that I love the most about AEW is the they don't re, they don't do rematches at nauseum like WWE. Yeah. Apollo and Big E have wrestled since like a hundred fucking times in the last six months. You know, clearly I'm being a little hyperbolic there, but it's one of those things. Just like they've wrestled so much, it's like I don't care. I don't ever want to see these two guys do it. And it's not something new. At the height of like Randy Orton and John Cena's like you know runs on Raw, it was like every show they were wrestling, every pay per view, even yeah. they had to advertise. This is the last time you will ever see these two wrestle. Because they again they did at nauseum where it was just like oh can yeah. I get any other match besides these two people please like any other match and yeah well, they... well you know what I'm excited about with Punk though what? you know we all those matches but again since AEW opened the Forbidden Door we can see Kenta versus CM Punk I mean it's a very real possibility yeah like. And that's the thing too, where it's like, dude, I was watching like Impact because like you had Jay White show up in the Impact Zone. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's one of these things where everyone like, there's no reason why you can't have this. WWE does it because they're just, you know, like there was like a report where it's like WWE doesn't like this thing where like they don't play nice with everyone. It's like yeah, because you fucking don't. Yeah. You know, like if they had a working relationship with New Japan, it would be Roman Reigns beating Okada clean. Yeah, you know, it, it, like it would just be things like that where it's just like, well, no, that's not, you know, you have, you just you have everyone interacting on these shows, and it's like good for them. Like, I want to see everyone mix it up. You know, I would love to see a fucking Josh Alexander wrestle a fuck, uh, 
Kenta. And you can do that. You can do that because it's like all these companies are in bed together and good. It's for the betterment. It's for the betterment. You know, it's very much in the same way when like Kevin Feige was, when he was acquiring all these properties. Yes. And they're like, no, Sony should be the only <laughs> one. They should be yep. the only one that makes like Fantastic Four movies. And then guess what? Sony made the worst fucking Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. You know? Or it's like, no, they should be in charge of this property. And then they would fucking flunk that property. And then as soon as Kevin Feige and co. get their hands on it, it's like, oh, shit, everyone loves Spider-Man again. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I- I'm excited if if they come back. Again, like, I- I've said it. I've, I've, I've said it. Like, if if they come back fucking awesome if they don't cool man like i i get it i get it either There's way still enough for everyone yeah yeah i mean what i what i do like is when this idea first started happening it was a couple several months ago and then we would get you know the, the forbidden door would get talked about and then everyone's like ah not so fast it's cracked open they're peeking through and it was very tentative you know it's like they're dipping their toe in there and see and now you're starting to see creatively and I, um, across not just AEW but across different shows, they're starting to get it. They're starting to say, "Oh wow, this doesn't har- harm our brand or our image." It's a good thing to spotlight so- some of your wrestlers on other. Like you're casting a wider net, you're getting a bigger audience. New Japan specifically, like they were famously like after what happened in TNA <laughs> with like Okada and all that stuff, they were like, "I don't know." <laughs> I don't know if I want to deal with this, but now, you know, and I'll say it, AEW run by a super mark, a, a gigantic fan. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Tony Khan is a gigantic wrestling fan. And that's the difference you're seeing in the product is like, I mean, it was a couple week, weeks ago, one of the writers from the WWE was like, I don't know, Bobby Ashley or whatever his name is supposed to be some guy like the, their whole creative side is run by people that don't like wrestling. And that's why there's, apathy in the storylines and the way wrestlers are treated and now you're seeing in these other companies people that do have a passion people that have been in the business learning from the mistakes and they're starting to we're starting to see some freeform jazz between all these companies and it's really exciting yeah man i'm i'm just i'm loving it i i I want i'm just interested in wrestling again like wwe i i think i'm i think i'm done with wwe for a while you know for a minute like I, i still keep up you know through like uh I can throw like our friends over at post wrestling, but like AEW is the one where if I'm watching wrestling, that's, that's probably, um, yeah, it's probably what I'm and, watching. And, and that's a thing coming specifically from me and you, right? We see how the sausage is made. You get to deal with wrestlers on a one, one-on-one basis as do I. And there's a part of that that like desensitizes us to it and makes us maybe a little detached from it because like, what guy works at the Sargento Cheese Factory and is like, I love cheese. I can't get enough of cheese. And then they come home and they're like, fuck off. And so that's, you know, it's very hard for us to watch wrestling because, like, we just – sometimes we know stuff and sometimes it's just we see so much of it. And so for people like us to be energized about the product, I mean, that's a real statement as to where wrestling's headed outside of, you know, New York and – uh like we were batting, we were doing the batting cages and we all had dynamite up and we're like, Oh shit, fucking Chavo's here. All all sorts of shit. And we we were stopping in between hitting softballs and we were watching, we were all huddled around a phone watching dynamite. I mean, that's how crazy wrestling is now. 
it's it's great it, 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 when it's when it's the best when it's at its best that's when you know it, it is the best put, put it right in my veins yeah exactly uh very quickly i wanted to give a shout out to um the patrons of course of this podcast uh we're we're at 19 patrons right now and i think it'd be really cool if if someone signed up yeah. and, and got us to 20 yeah i think 20 is a cool <laughs> number you can sign up for as low as five bucks if you want just uh if you sign up for the five dollar uh tier you get uh, an additional podcast in the form of Scrump and Stings Family Video. That's, of course, uh, the, our weekly movie review. Uh, we've done in the past such movies as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Shawshank Redemption, um, <clears throat> Forrest Gump, uh, Catch Me If You Can, we just recently did. There's a whole mess of uh, uh, fun movies we reviewed in the past uh, there before. And then, you know, there's a $10 tier where you can get uh, our third additional show in the form of Scrump and Stinks Detective Agency, as well as past episodes of Scrump and, or Go Go Scrump and Stank. And then if you want to be on the show, you can sign up for the $20 tier and get a, a whole mess of goodies. And of course, that's over at patreon.com uh, forward slash PWTCast. Um, so again, Quick shout out to all the patrons of the show. It's of course uh, our boy Moises Garcia, uh, B Dornick, or our, our lovely friend Brad, uh, Jesus, my Godfather. Who hopefully shout out Jesus. Shout out Jesus. I might see soon. Uh, one of our cousins. One of my cousins having a party, and hopefully I see him there. Uh, <clears throat> all right, Mr. Shot in the Dark himself, John Cena from Post Wrestling, W H Park. I get the. I can't wait to. There's. I believe it's like once what if starts. The Marvel show up until 2022, there's something Marvel every single weekend. And WH nice. Park is someone who, again, you think we know our shit about Marvel. This man is is the king when it comes to you know Marvel. He's encyclopedia. And, and, um, he is encyclopedia. So you know, getting to hear more WH is always a wonderful thing, as well as getting to hear some more from Brandon from New Jersey. Who uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw it. Um, <clears throat> there was a uh, cameo going around earlier in the week in which. Uh, Nick Gage was calling out the pacemaker Chris Jericho um, it, you know that was of course Brandon he got the he got that cameo and in the cameo uh, Nick Gage uh, formally inducts uh, John and Watting not waiting John and Watting uh, into the MDK gang so awesome on, on Brandon for that um, of course our boy Anthony Torres Vivian I mentioned uh, already uh vivian if you're listening to this again for her birthday is in the first week of september so we're gonna have vivian on to review goodfellas because nice. um that's one of my favorite movies one of her favorite movies and uh i want to one of my know. favorite movies yeah there you go one of your favorite movies taffy who i was talking to taffy earlier in the week um will be seeing all out weekend so excited for that uh, of course it's always fun you know running into taffy uh ryan crossley our man ryan who you know, we'll be having on the podcast pretty soon, Ryan. Uh, keep watch your DMs. I'll I'll be uh, I'll be sliding in there to talk to you about what movies we're gonna review. Uh, Hot topic, Joe. Who hopefully we also see. You know, uh, we get a, another helping of Joe Enriquez um, come all out weekend because again, need me some Joe. Maybe Jonathan Mayer, you know, another one of our wonderful friends. Maybe we'll get to see him all out weekend. Uh, Shannon Howenick, Shannon, that border is open, so. Maybe I'll come across the border and, you know, hang out with you when I'm visiting uh, Braden up in the BDE. Our man, Neil Flanagan. Neil, we're going to get him on the show as well. And again, now that the borders are open, I don't know if they're open in Ireland yet, but 
Hopefully we get to see him as well. Uh, Ryan Mears, the Invincible Man himself. Also, shout out his dog. Uh, I believe his dog's name was yes. Autobot. Uh, passed away earlier in this week. You know, we love Ryan, and uh, it broke our hearts to see that. So, uh, yep. our condolences to Ryan for you know for your dog and uh, Ryan, someone who I'm positive we're going to be seeing a lot more of. Uh, our man yeah. Joshua Davis, of course. Shout out Josh, um, Mark Mark Villanueva, our little buddy Mark. Jesse Kohlenberg, who I know we're going to fucking see this guy. I believe we're recording with him uh, as well when he yeah. he's down here for, for All Out. I saw him post all the different shows he's going to, and, I mean, he might be fully booked, brother, you know? but uh, That's a good thing. It's a good thing. Uh, then, of course, last but not least, our man Clifford Frazier. Uh, again, we'll, he'll be on here as well. Um, Dave, sort of as, as we just sort of wind down here. Oh, you know, Braden Harrington, I mentioned him earlier. His birthday is Monday now when this episode comes out. Um, happy birthday happy birthday brayden i I actually i did an episode of his podcast um so i'm a member of his him and davy's patreon uh, over at up next and uh they have a show called up yours where you can you can review anything you want you know some people pick like uh wrestling shows some people pick movies uh mj from our buddy mj he picked uh a concert (laughs) for them to review you know there's just a bunch of different things uh we talked watchmen um, and you know the Zack Snyder film. Um, I just I love talking about that movie so much. I'm literally staring at a Watchmen poster right now up here in the office. Uh, so that's fun. If you're a member of their Patreon, go over and uh, listen to that. Um, but Dave, I, I mentioned to you one thing that uh, I was watching this weekend that I wasn't aware was a thing um, was American Horror Stories. Um, we might have talked about it before in the past, but like, how familiar are you with American Horror Story? So I watched, I liked the first season, um, and then I think I watched the second, there was, there was one where, like, this family bought a house and, like, Zachary Quinto's ghost was in it. That, that's the and first the, season. That's the first season, and then the second season, was that, like, The Nun? Yeah, it was in The, the Asylum, yeah. The Asylum, and then there was a third one. With the witches in Louisiana. Uh, maybe I saw – maybe I stopped around the third one. I don't know. Like uh, Ryan Murphy does that show, right? Yes. So <laughs> oddly enough, I was a big fan of Glee. I loved Glee. <laughs> Couldn't get enough of it. So when they were like, oh, Ryan Murphy's doing a horror show, I was like, I'll give it a try. And like I liked the first season – and then by like the second season, I, I I don't know how to describe it. It just seemed like I don't want to say miserable, but it was very heavy. I'll say it was very heavy, and like around that time, like I think Walking Dead was starting to happen and stuff. And it was just a lot of heavy TV, and I just kind of got out of it. I, I think I tried to go in. There's one with like a scary clown. Uh yeah, that's like the fourth season. Um, Freak yeah, Show. I, yeah, I think so. I think I skipped the third season, and then Freak Show came out, and then I was like, I don't know, this. Some of it seems really mean spirited. I guess I don't know. See, I I was I'm being a big sissy. That's what <laughs> that's what it is. No, see, I never watched Glee. I hate musicals, so I I, I never got around to Glee. Uh, but I watched the first season. It was like with my ex girlfriend because this would have came out like uh 2011 i believe was like the first season and i remember um this this was when this was around the time where uh 
neither myself or my girlfriend at the time could have sleepovers. Like, gr- granted, we had I she was nineteen, I was eighteen, but it was like one of those things where it's like, oh, you can't sleep over my house and I can't sleep over yours. Right. So like, I rented a hotel and you know we. You know, we did what we did there. But I remember we were like, oh, one of our mutual friends, she was always talking about this American horror story. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's watch it. Because I think at that point, Netflix had it up. Um, right. So it might have even came out before then. I don't know. But I just I remember we were at the hotel and we were watching it. And we got through like four or five episodes together. Mind you, they're each like an hour long. And she, wanted to f- she fell asleep. But I remember before she falls asleep, she's like um, – She's like, don't watch any more. Like, we'll watch them together. And I'm like, all right, cool, yeah. I wind up watching like another two or three myself, and then I go back and like le- make sure that it leaves off at the one that we left off together. And you know, because I was just like, oh, I can't admit that. Which is fine. Right. She wound up cheating on me, so clearly she was the more dishonest one. Um, but yeah. like, I love that first season. Like that first season, I have such like a reverence for. To me, it's just it's the best one that's that yes. that it's done. And I don't know if it's a case of like, well, it was the first time I experienced this show, so like I just i I have so much I have so much more like of a connection to it. Um, but I, I definitely think it's the strongest one. Season two, a second, like a, right there, like you know, if this one's one if if season one is one this is one a one b like it's it's right there it, yeah. i also thought that one was really good and then season three though with the witches i also very much enjoy that one like um you know but then i remember freak show came out and i fucking hated it and again in part was yeah. there was a lot of music to it like it was a lot of music but the story was just so convoluted and i was just like it turned me off and then the next one they do is hotel which is based on the cecil hotel and at this point, I'm all about Alyssa Lamb. So I'm just like, fuck yeah. But like Lady Gaga's in it, and I hate Lady Gaga. And yeah. <laughs> I just, I could not, I could not enjoy it. I watched two episodes and was just like, ugh. And like, I remember after that, they did one called Roanoke, which they switched the way the show was done. They they tried to make it more of like, um, um, what do you call it? It was like a, uh, reenactment thing almost you know where it's like there was like the characters telling the story and like cuba gooding jr is playing the reenactment of this character and this actress is playing the that you know like just yeah something like and it just it wasn't good like it it just it wasn't good and at that point i kind of just gave up and maybe like two i definitely got those feelings where it was just like the first season i was i loved and then i just kept getting the feeling like that they were they kept trying to add more gimmicks to everything. And then I think maybe, I, maybe this was something else, but I thought I heard that they were somehow connecting every season. Yes. Yeah, so- I, I was like, this is, this is so convoluted and ridiculous that, and then like, they were also trying to do that thing where like the same actors from every season were just playing different characters in, I was just like, this is too, too much high concept for me. Yeah. I mean, like it, to me, it worked. With like the earlier with with the earlier seasons and as far as like how they were kind of trying connecting some of them because it was it was very much just like oh you know this character is related to this character like it was just very small ways of how they were connecting everything so I was like all right I was fine with it um, but like so eventually there's one season called Apocalypse I don't know what the maybe like sixth seventh possibly eighth season I don't even fucking know and the whole yeah. the whole gist with that was this is 
and spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the first season, they're like, this is a little demon boy from the end of the first one, all grown up. And they're bringing, right. they're going back to the murder house and they're bringing back the witches from season three. So, of course, I'm like, call me Koto Ibushi lost backstage at the Sears Center because I'm all in. Yeah. Oh, my God. I like, and I'm, listen, I'm someone who's like, oh, these Kevin Smith fucking haters complaining about like, Ugh. oh, dude, that was me. Totally me. Like, it was just, it was one of those things where I just fucking, I hated it. Like, it was just so dumb. And they're like, they're going back to the murder house. They go back for like one episode. And yeah, I was just, I was those Kevin Smith fans angry at like Kevin Smith that he lied because it was just like, there was such an opportunity, especially if you're bringing back these characters to do so much like fan service because and like, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm not someone who gets upset over fan service. Like I'm very much no, like, yeah, I love fanservice. exactly. Yeah. I, I'm very much the same way. Like, yes, I love fan service. Give me all the fan service you can. You know, like, and again, I don't know. It just, it felt like a waste for them to, to do everything. And just, I don't know, the whole, the show as a whole. And they've done other ones since then. Uh, there was one that was, I don't know, I've just, again, not a fan. But those first three seasons I was a fan of. And so uh, I found this, they had, and I know Matt Nix had mentioned it to me, where he was like, it's called American Horror Stories. Which is essentially like, um, one, maybe two episode, like an anthology series set within that universe. Um, and it was actually pretty good. I, I saw the first two episodes, which were, um, ba- again, based back in the horror house and more on like the lore within the house and what goes on there and, and, and kind of just stuff like that. And, uh, right. yeah, it, it kind of, it was one of those things where like it reinvigorated my love. Like, I think I want to rewatch that first season because that, it's just it's one of those shows where um like i can i I rewatch from beginning to end and i'm just like man this is almost like the perfect like like the perfect season of one show you know right like there's some there's some shows that don't go on for that long and like i'm for it you know like as long as uh like each season can kind of and there's some shows that have been written like that before in the past where they're like we don't know if we'll come back for a season two or a season three so they sort of just end it and you know start a new story and as as much as i say i want to uh start like the sopranos or something like that um maybe i'll just rewatch american horror story (laughs) yeah well i will say one of those shows for me that i just saw a trailer for is the the final season of the walking dead Mm -hmm. i was i was a huge fan of the show I, i love the comic book um, but then like, it just, it would drag on and then they would introduce new characters. And like, normally when you get a show and they start introducing like the new cast, that's really when it starts to take a nosedive, you know? And so I felt that way with the walking dead and they would just like tease stuff and it would just keep going on. But now that it's the final season, I'm like, All right, I don't know, maybe I do want to kind of catch up to where I think I left off like two seasons ago. Um, but it, it would be a shame not to see the end of the show, right? I don't know. No, I'm, I get that. Like, I mean, that's why I went back to uh, True Blood, you know, earlier in the summer. Yeah. Um, I, I finally finished up True Blood, and, and in part was that, where I was just like, well, I don't, like, I don't even remember where the fuck I really left off. And right. I don't I don't know how it ended, because I think I only watched, like, up to, like, the beginning of, like, the fourth season or something like that. So it was just very much one of those things where I'm like, well, maybe, you know, and 
like the last two seasons ish. Like they were not great. They were they were yeah. not great. But again, yeah. I'm someone who's very much a completionist, and so I yes. was like, all right, well, I just I gotta I'll just I gotta get it over with and just do it already. Um, especially like with uh, and I, I believe we've talked about it on here, Dexter. Um, yeah, you know they're coming back with that new season, and I'm actually pretty fucking stoked for that. Um, specifically because like I was I was such a fan of the first few seasons of Dexter, and then like the last like two. It just yeah. it felt forced. Yeah. I mean, the weird thing about the new Dexter, and, you know, this is not really a spoiler because they've said it publicly, but, like, the Trinity Killer's coming back somehow, and uh, Deborah's coming back somehow. Like, she very famously died at the end. <laughs> so I'm wondering if these are going to be, like, ghosts haunting him in the same way that his dad used to haunt him. But uh, I'm excited. It's, it's one of those things, like it's very hard to have like a, a show, even like a very super high quality show and then have an ending to it that everyone likes. Like very rarely is there a show like that where they're like, Oh man, a great show and fantastic last season. Like it almost never happens. Like people hated the Sopranos ending, uh, you know, Dexter shit the bed at the end kind of. And it's just, it's stuff like that. And as a creator of someone of something that like you knew people used to like, and then to hear them say, "Well, the way you ended it was a bit shit," you know that that's got to eat at you. And and I, I guess now, you know, in a world where we can get Snyder cuts, you could kind of maybe give yourself a redo. Which it'll be interesting to see. I I think maybe it's the lazy way out. Like maybe the guys from Dexter are like, "Ah, I figured out a better way to end it." Like, what is it? How? seven years later or whatever um it'll be weird i don't know i'm definitely watching it though are there any shows that um what do you call it that ended like a specific way where you felt um it was good that it was good despite (laughs) everyone kind of just like um I'm, i'm gonna be honest with you i i like the sopranos ending um, I thought it was very poetic, and it was kind of, you know, you haven't seen it, so I don't want to spoil anything. But no, like, I, I mean, I know where it's like it just goes to black. Yeah, like I think it's kind of, I think it's it's open to interpretation in a good way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like Game of Thrones was shit. Um, Seinfeld was shit. You know what I mean? Like everyone always try everyone writes such good shows because there's always more road to tread. And like, I think when someone says there's no more road, you just got to stop. I, I don't think people ever think of the ending. You know what I mean? They, they don't think, Oh, how am I going to stop this train from moving? It's always, how do I keep it going forward? So I think that's the most difficult part. Um, See, like, I can't, I can't think of a show. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Like for, for me, that show is how I met your mother. Like, it ends. It ends with a way that everyone was kind of just like not happy with. But yeah, it, to me, it didn't affect. It didn't. It didn't take away from it, you know, because it's like, well, they they told the story they needed to, you know, like you see, yeah. and they went with a certain other way because it was like I don't know. It's it's like that's that was what most people, you know, myself included, wanted to begin with, and for them to have like kind of strayed away from 
what people wanted and again because it's always so weird like um like thinking like i i'm someone like game of thrones was ruined for me with that last season you know yeah. it's like i i enjoy everything else and again i've said it so many countless times to me that show ends when Arya kills a night king and everything else happens exactly in my head how i wanted it to and it's yeah. not and that's not to say like I know better than the writers that I, you know, that, um, it's just like, I didn't get the ending that I wanted to because they tried to be very subversive and like, right. No, this is like out of left field. And it was just dumb. Like there were so many ways to go with things in that season. Like Cersei, Cersei is a character we should have seen like die a very slow and painful death at the hands of Arya Stark. Yeah. And we didn't get that. Or, or, Jamie Lannister. survive, or survive in the slimiest way possible. You yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, to, to, to me, yeah. There, so, there's fan service, which some people groan at, and then there's the opposite of fans, the subversion of expectation. That's just like, I can't tell you how many times people will see the ending of a show and they know for a fact that that was the wrong way to do it. And like almost the entire fandom can say, yeah, what were you thinking? Like give a little bit of fan, like when you're wrapping something up, you want them to leave and think, wow, man, that was great. They called back to everything, you know, like lost did the whole, you know, Oh, we're dreaming thing about the Bob Newhart show probably was the only show that could get away with doing that where they all woke up and it was all a dream. And like anyone else that doesn't, it's hack. But I, I think if you're ending a longstanding fan favorite show, you have to have fan service. Yeah, and I like I I can't imagine anyone complaining if they would have done it because especially because there was no precedent uh, yeah. set for like what was to come because yeah. he hasn't he hadn't finished reading writing it like everything yeah. after what season it was like season six and up like was just made up it was yeah. just made up so you could have just done away with like a better way i mean very much in the same way like to me i enjoyed wandavision up until i didn't where it was just like right i enjoy a show about grief more than anyone but i wanted to fucking see some giant ramifications at the end of this yeah you know like that's oh, what you know what i will say breaking bad had a great ending i i kind of hope walter white didn't die but it fit and it was a it was a great way for him to go out. That was a good ending. I would say Breaking Bad was great. I loved it. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but see, I hated it because to me, I no, he was a good guy, and I know everyone's like, no, no, he was a full on heel. No, like to me, I wanted to see him get away. Like I hated Jesse last season because he was just such a whiny little bitch. I mean, I hated, I hated Jesse. Yes. Ah. Oh, I, I'll say Walter White's not a good guy. He's the protagonist but i wouldn't call him a good guy in the same way that like you know wrestling defines heels and faces by who gets cheered and who gets booed it's yeah you can cheer the bad guy that's fine like let's but like yeah i think walter white got away with so many fucking shitty things and and he actually seemed at peace when he died so i was like i was like i'm cool with that did you ever watch el camino i did yeah, see, and even with that, it was one of those things where I'm like, when they give yeah. us a little bit of fan service in that, like, you see Walt, it's like, no, like, 
Yeah. And that's the other thing. If you're going to end the show, just end it. Yeah. But I mean, hey, it up and it's, it's done. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, this is one of the fun conversations and having with people about like, you know, movies and TV, because everyone has their own different opinions, you know, like yeah. everyone, like, again, you mentioned you love it. And I'm like, Oh, I hated it. And again, I'm right. And you're also right. Like every, you know, yeah. it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't necessarily have to be black and white uh, for it to make sense. It's like, it can, it can go either way. And yeah. I mean, some, some finales more so than other, it's like, you thought that was good? Like, go oh, fuck yourself. But I, I think like Breaking Bad's one of those where it's like, no, like it, it's fine. Like, uh, yeah, it wasn't offensive. Yeah, no, there, yeah, there was nothing. Trust me, because there have been shows yeah. that have just been outrightly fucking like, like yuck. Yeah, I mean, Game of Thrones. I again, I will. That is empirically the, yuck. Yeah, yeah. That that is fucking you know the hill I will die on. Where it's just like no, like it fucking sucked and it suffered because of it. Yeah. You know. But I will say, what people who are like, oh, I haven't seen the show, you should still go watch it. It, it is still, still pretty good. Which, up until it, that. And I was like, people shit on that last season, but like it did genuinely have great moments, like Arya killing the Night King, the whole siege where like they they were fighting. You know what I mean? Like you thought Arya was gonna die in the castle and all that stuff. Like the Starbucks it, cup it in the so, background. The Starbucks cup in the back. Yeah, there there was actually like really genuinely poignant mo- move like moments in the season but like as a whole it was shit yeah <laughs> but and it sucks it sucks when you invest that much time into the characters and just time in general like just watching hour long episodes and then time waiting between seasons and then you get that so Wait, are you are you talking about Monday Night Raw again, or are you talking about yeah. Game of Thrones? Oh, and by the way, to bring it back to wrestling, how, how great was Dynamite, and then how shit was the entirety of Raw? Like, again, it you have to have some fan service. Like they spited everyone that wanted the right people to win throughout the entirety of that show, and then they tried Goldberg out. It's like, oh, what's wrong with you guys? This guy, this guy challenges for the title out of nowhere twice and loses, and you give him another title shot. It's like fuck off. Let's get this old fuck out of here. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, go go tune some muscle cars and get another weird tattoo. Get out of here. <laughs> you kids seen enough of this shit. You remember this little shirtless kid who ran in the ring and, and yeah, took his shirt off. What more does your kid need to see? <laughs> and he's you buy him a DVD. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Uh well you know again you, we for two years now you know Dave and I we've been raving and ranting about our favorite shows our favorite movies about wrestling um and dare I say you know I'm excited for another two years more of it uh yeah. next week we'll have our buddy Julio Guerra on to talk um about his, uh the comic book he's working on Tales of the Cryptic Closet 3D um you know he's Julio's been making the rounds like. Yes. Yeah, this guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh shit! Like, I thought Danhausen was on every podcast. Like, get the fuck out of here, yeah. Danhausen. We got Julio Guerra over here. Uh, yeah. So, for the- by, by the way, I don't know if you've seen, but like, I've seen samples of the the three D stuff in this book. Holy shit! It uh, is great. Unfortunately, Vinley hasn't shown me any of that, but I'm sure Julio might. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but again, like Julio just. 
all over the place right now. And he, he's someone we've had on like what, like two, three times now, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, love Julio. Yeah, love Julio. So I figured, hey, let's bring him on here to you know th- to talk about his book a little bit. Um, so yeah, so for those of you guys who are, are uh, we're missing some of the more traditional episodes where we'd have a guest on, um, one of those will be next week. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, and yeah, listen, August is looking to be a busy fucking month with all this wrestling happening. But uh, Dave and I aren't going anywhere. We'll you know brand new episode for you every Monday, regardless of how busy we get. And uh, yeah. Um, I'm looking at my notes. It looks like I've run out of things to say, David. And I, too, have run out of things to say. So, All right, you guys. Before the PWT cast, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. And so, I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang.